Down at Third Man, the cricket podcast. Talking all things cricket, from club cricket to million pound franchises to the Test Match Arena. Proudly supported by Woodstock Cricket. Hey up, welcome back to the Down at Third Man podcast. We're back again and as they say on Trolley FM, we're coming in your ears. Um, as always, we're sponsored by Woodstock Cricket, so make sure you go online, have a look at their stuff. If you need any last-minute Christmas presents, they're the place to go. Um, and obviously, if you want to donate this Christmas instead of buying presents, you fancy donating to a good charity, go and donate to Cardiac Risk in the Young. Uh, our hats are now arrived, they're out there. Um, most people have received theirs. I still need drop-off Jono's with him, even though he's probably the person closest to me. He's going to be the last one by the looks of it to receive him. So apologies, John. Uh, today we've got with us a special guest. We were meant to have two, but I've got a feeling Benny hasn't realised that he's playing cricket in a few hours' time in Abu Dhabi um, when he agreed to this. But we have got with us, thankfully, uh, star of the Big Bash, um, now star of the Scorchers, doing all the promo stuff I noticed with AJ Ty the other day. And that's Peter Axoglu. How are we, Pete? Hey, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um... Yeah, it's a, it's a big, big bash season coming up, and uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully, the Scorchers we we can get a good win, uh, like the women did yesterday in the WBL. Yeah, I noticed that they won yesterday. Um, Marizan cat bowling a a maiden in a T Twenty final to a wife was a particular highlight of that that game. I'm sure that was that's going to be an enjoyable breakfast table today. Sorry, sorry, do you just repeat what you just said there, please? There was a maiden bowled by Marizan Cap to her um, wife during the, the women's big bash final yesterday. I think Shut it was the, the third door. over. I think it was the third over. Three overs, it was seven for none because she bowled a maiden to, to all the messes. I, I want that investigated. That is match <laughs> fixing at its finest. There's enough turmoil in cricket, but that is match fixing. So we've got, what have we got? We've got racism in England, mental health and uh, sexting in Australia. And now we've got match fixing in the women's game. Game's on its arse. Absolutely (laughs) on its arse, this game. Well, as you can hear, we've got Jono with us today and we've also got Si with us. How are you, Jono and Si? You pair okay? Yeah, all good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, always good, mate. Always good. The Veil one, that's all I need in a weekend. Even if we're playing Hartlepool, then Hartlepool will absolute wank. Right then, so, Peter, obviously last time we spoke, uh, it was quite a way ago, actually, to be fair, but it was uh, back almost nearly a year, possibly. Uh, how has it been over in Australia? How has the winter been? How has it, have you been keeping in in Australia and basically, I guess, in lockdown, to be fair, haven't it? Yeah, it's been it's been an interesting one. I've... I've um... I guess I've moved all over the country actually in the past seven months. I was in Melbourne for a period and then I went back to Adelaide and, and now I'm in Perth right now. So now the winter's always uh, look relative to what you guys have in the UK. The winter's always pretty good over here. So you know, it's just been a long, uh, long pre-season for me working on a few different new tricks that I can bring to the big bash this season. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy uh, with where it's all at and, and I'm hoping for a really good big bash season and uh Something that can hopefully, yeah, get me uh, get me into some of the other competitions around the world. So, speaking obviously of the Big Bash, you've made the move over to Scorchers. How did that come about, and what was sort of the the reasoning for going? Was it just a case of 
wanting to try somewhere new or? Look, I, I said this the other day. I think in the context of the, the Big Bash League, the Scorchers are almost like Manchester United. Um, they're, they're a really strong, strong team that's won the title three or four times now um, in a competition that's only been running 10 years. That's a pretty significant milestone. So, um, no, when, when, look, when, when the Scorchers uh, were interested in having me, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's always something that's really difficult to not consider. And um, I'm, I'm really happy, uh, like really grateful to the Renegades for giving me my opportunity last season. Um, but now the way it's worked out this year, the, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just really excited to beat the Scorchers and, uh, yeah, I signed a two-year deal over the off-season. So, so uh, yeah, just just want to get stuff into it and uh, join the likes of Mitch Marsh, Ashton Agar, AJ Ty, Ashton Turner, uh, Josh Inglis. The list name. really does go on. There are some there are some really good players in, in our squad. So, no, I can't wait to get stuck into it with the boys. Sounds good. Sounds good. Si, I'm going to let you go next, Si. Yeah, it's a bit like what you were saying before there with your transfer to uh, Perth. Does it bring a bit more pressure, do you think, now you're considered one of the favourites to, to actually go and win the competition? Yeah, oh, like without a doubt. But the the good thing is there are so many sort of experienced heads in the in the Scorchers squad and um, I'll, I'll again be sort of one of the younger younger players in the team. So so with that... Um, comes yeah a lot of a lot of that pressure is alleviated off my shoulders and and some of those older blokes can um can can take that on theirs and um no, look I'm, I'm just i'm just really keen on on feeding off guys like ashton agar and um and so many other experienced cricketers in the team i mean we all saw what mitch marsh did in the world cup um yeah so so as far as i'm concerned like there there is the pressure of um um, uh, you know, there's the expectation maybe of, of being a team that's uh, that's um, you know expected to do well and whatever. But but uh, we've got the players who've, who've been there and done it. So no, I'm, I'm really excited and, and just really keen on as they all sort of filter in. Everyone's still sort of coming from from all over the country and and all over the world really. A few of those World Cup players are still, um, or well, they're in Australia now, but Australia's still got the lockdown situations going and. And Perth, in particular, has um, has shut a lot of people out of the state just because there's so much mining going on over here, and and mining obviously sort of carries the Australian economy. And um, yeah, I think they they prefer for COVID to not run through the mines. So generally speaking, they've been pretty um, yeah, they've, they've been pretty uh, conservative, or, or maybe they've just waited a long time before they've opened up their borders here in in Perth. So a lot of those World Cup players are still. I'm still locked out. I'm going to put you on the spot here, Peter. I want to know who is it you're most looking forward to actually playing with, though, out because there's some very good names in that squad. Yeah, look, the, the obvious answer is, is Ashton Agar. It's going to be really nice to play with um, a seasoned uh, international spinner. But um, look, I mean, I saw, I saw Mitch Marsh absolutely bloody bomb them um, to all parts. So this is before the World Cup. This wasn't even when the World Cup was happening, but we, we, I had a training session over here in, um, at the Wacker. Um, and, and it was, it was pretty much just like a, um, the, the coaches had organized a few bowlers to come down and, and, and pretty much just like toss them up to, to Mitch Marsh uh, to get him prepared for the World Cup. And the way that guy was hitting him, um, 
yeah, it was just like far out. He just, he, he's just, you know, you, 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 you realize why he's called the bison after having watched him hit him like that. Um, and I'm pretty keen on, on seeing him do that again this season. As long as it's not you bowling, it's all good, isn't it? So you can't complain there. Um, that's, just, that's it. <laughs> just a quick one as well, where you're mentioning, obviously, sort of being at the Wacker and stuff. What What's it like playing at these big stadiums? Obviously, your home ground's now going to be the Opta Stadium, which is a very, very impressive cricket ground. What is it like actually playing? Because that's one thing I think we've never actually asked anyone that's been a guest on here, but what's it actually like playing in them bigger grounds? Because we're all used to shitty fields, really, let's, we'll be honest. It's a, it, it's a good question. And I think, um, like, one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest sort of, um, biggest, like, surprises for me last season was how, how the ball contrasts against against the stadium. Um, it's unlike anything you experience playing in, you know, a local cricket ground. Um, for example, Marvel Stadium, which was the home stadium of the Renegades, had Marvel written in big white letters across the wing and on the seats. And obviously we're playing with white balls. And if you're fielding a square leg, it, like it's just so difficult to pick up the ball. And and also like your your perception of depth is um is all sort of out of warp as well. Um so yeah, I think like it's so difficult to uh to to field on these some of these big stadiums. But once you do get used to it, you yeah, you obviously um you obviously get better at, at making those judgment calls on when you should run in, when you should hold back and all that sort of stuff. But it is so different to playing on a you know on a local cricket park that, that we all um that we've all we've all played on i'm gonna let john fire away now yeah i'm gonna divert slightly to the 2020 world cup obviously yep. a good result for you and the nation of australia uh, yeah. first part of my question is unexpected question mark is was it unexpected or did you think the whole time that you know what everyone's writing us off and we had a chance and the second part is what kind of impact do you think it's had for the like kind of the country leading into the big bash? Yeah, look, I think um, uh, with with I think the the shorter the format, the more unpredictable it is, and and the other part of that as well is I think I think a, an emerging sort of trend in twenty twenty cricket is um is the experienced sort of heads tend to be better at the game. You know, you've got. I know, like looking looking at our game in Australia, we've got Dan Christian, who's who's now, you know, I think he's thirty eight, and he's also played at Knotts and won a few um, T Twenty blasts over there. And, and I think I think the experience is something that's so invaluable. Um, just just being able to to really uh, you know hold hold on and um, and take it deep and and just pull through in those real clutch, in those really clutch moments. Is um is something that the the probably the more experienced you are, the better the better equipped you are to to do that. And uh, those situations come up so often in twenty twenty cricket. So Australia going in with a really old squad, um, you know who knows maybe maybe they were really placed or we we were really placed to um to to uh just yeah come better off in those in those uh, situations where a younger team may have um may have struggled to cope with the pressure and look as far as um as far as the the excitement leading into uh the next season whatever look 
I, I still I, I remember when I was in the UK in 2019, people would always speak of the 2005 Ashes uh, reinvigorating cricket across the UK. And um, and I, I remember in 2019 when Australia won the Ashes overseas as well as a similar, there was a real, really like similar feel about about the whole thing as well over here in Australia. And um, yeah, the, the I, I think the 2020 cricket, winning the 2020 World Cup, I, I went to the um, the Sky Casino to watch it late at night. And there were about 400. It, this, and, and mind you, these games were being played at, they, they were commencing at 1, 1 a.m. Australian time. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's fair to say that it was, it was complete, as, as inconvenient as it could be. And there were, there were 200, 300 Australians just, just staying up late, going to work the next day, I imagine, because it was on a, um, was on a Sunday night. Um, so there were, yeah, that, that many Australians staying up to watch it. So, look, as, as far as the impact goes, I don't think we can be sure just yet because because our season um, our our season uh, a big bash season hasn't properly started yet, but I'm sure it will. Um, yeah, I'm sure it will uh, have have a pretty significant and uh, and meaningful effect. Um, yeah, even even just like looking at the Instagram posts, they they the, the Scorchers put up a post of Mitch Marsh the other day, and it got like forty thousand likes or something like that, which um which in the context of of all the other posts on the page, that's that's pretty significant. So, now there there are a lot of World Cup heroes that were born out of that out of that side. I think. So, looking at back at the Big Bash itself, then, who are you sort of most looking forward to playing against? Obviously, both as the Australian players, but also sort of the overseas players. Obviously, there's quite a few English names over there. I see Chris Jordan sort of overnight was announced at joining the Sixers instead of Brathwaite. Obviously, you've got everyone's new favourite Australian, the the Stoyne. Um, obviously, going to be playing it in it, or at least I hope we'll be playing in it this year. Um, so, who is it you're most looking forward to actually coming up against? Yeah, look, um, oh, there are, there are so many so many really really good quality players in the competition. Um, unfortunately, this year the competition, with the nature of COVID, uh, uh, COVID you know, delaying delaying cricket around the world. Um, unfortunately, the competition sort of overlaps with a bunch of other competitions like the Abu Dhabi T10s happening right now. But, um, but yeah, and, and the England Lions squad coming over here as well to play in the Ashes too. Um, look, uh, Josh Phillippe is always someone I, I, I enjoy the challenge of bowling to. I think he's such a, a nimble batter. And I think the way I think of batters is almost like, there, there are the, there are the guys who sort of like paddle and sweep and manipulate the ball, and then there are like the real, you know, tall, big, like stoyness like guys who just get on the front foot and, you know, hit you over your head for six. And, and, um, yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the challenge of bowling to someone like Josh Phillippe. He, um, probably got the better of me last season, um, and. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty keen on on going going at him again this year, and then also a left hander like Usman Khawaja. He um he was he'll he'll obviously be involved with the um, Australian squad this this Ashes series, but um but yeah, just just left handers generally. Um, I, I I struggled against left handers a lot more than what I did against the right handers last season, and I've worked pretty hard at, at sort of reversing that. So um. 
So I'm pretty keen on bowling to a few of the left-handers um, across the competition, like like Matthew Wade and Darcy Short as well. Fair play, fair play. Si? Um, it's, I was wanted to ask you a question about how you see your your career progressing. Do you, do you see yourself as a multi-format player? Do you feel like your skill set is a bit more... Um, Met to the to the white ball game. What what is it that you want to achieve? Because obviously you're you're still a really young player. You've got plenty of cricket in years ahead of you. You're really young in the professional game. So where do you see your career progressing? Are you wanting to go and play in these competitions around the world, or are you wanting to develop your red ball game? Yeah, a lot of these competitions around the world are really enticing, aren't they? Like it's a pretty you put um you know you put these lucrative contracts in ahead of someone you know who's young like me. Um, and, and on top of that, you also offer them sort of travel around the world and, and all that sort of stuff. It's a pretty enticing offer, isn't it? And, um, I think, I think, uh, uh, my, my skill set naturally is, is pretty well suited to the, to the white ball game and in, in particular the 2020 game. Um, I think I, I do still have ambitions in red ball cricket and long format cricket. I think. To, to play red ball cricket really well, um, you need to be able to consistently uh, execute your skill over a long period of time. For me, that's bowling. And um, last season, I wasn't at a point where I could, I could do that consistently over a long period of time. And my fitness was sort of nowhere near where it needed to be. So, so I've spent a lot of this off-season um, working on that, working on my um, – it's working on my fitness and um, and and just being able to execute my bowling for for a long period of time. And um, look, to be honest with you, I, I want to. I just want to play whatever cricket is ahead of me. Um, I, don't, I don't really. Like, I'm not overly fussed whether it's white ball or red ball. Um, my skill set is really well suited to the white ball game, and and I do appreciate that. And I um and I spend time working on my white ball game. Uh, but as as much as I do that, I, I spend time working on my red ball game as well. It's um. Yeah, it's 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 almost a really you know people talk about um, you know cricket becoming a little bit like monotonous at times and whatever. It's it's almost it's really refreshing for me to because it's it's there's no other sport in the world that that has three different forms, is there? Like I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. And um, yeah, I find it really refreshing and, and reinvigorating when I can go from red ball to white ball to um, yeah, it's all the different forms of cricket and and just reassess my game and sort of yeah work on new things so yeah as much as I work on white ball cricket I work on red ball cricket and and yeah to be honest I just want to play whatever's ahead of me. Well I pass on to Jono I've just got to ask as soon as you mentioned the off season what was netting with Pezza off the the great cricketer podcast like because we're all big fans of listening to Pezza and Higo. Yeah the great cricketer boys are they're, they're awesome aren't they they're um they're, they're so clever and, and witty and they just come up with really good content over and over again um, as, as we've all as we've all seen um, Pez Pez actually played great cricket in Sydney in the first 11 he was an opening batsman for um, for North Sydney I think so um, and he played for St Kilda in Melbourne too so two really good clubs and um, yeah he's he's a, he's a, he's, a, he's a pretty solid bat I don't, I don't know if uh, I don't know if that's to be expected but um now he's he's really knowledgeable of the game. Clearly, as we uh, as we see in his podcast and or hear in his podcast, but um, uh, and he, but he, but yeah, he definitely backs it up. He's got he's got a pretty solid technique, and uh, yeah, he's uh, he's no mug, that's for sure. So basically, he's a better cricketer than any of us on here, uh, Jono. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was just going to come back to um, the opportunities overseas. So if you could have a choice of what came next, have a good bash season, good big bash season, and you were given an opportunity for somewhere around the world, what would be your number one and why? Where would you want to go and why? You know, it's, it's funny. I think I feel like, you know, 20 years ago, people who uh, who loosely followed cricket would have sort of asked me, or would have sort of, yeah, would, would have sort of asked me, oh, Peter, do you want to play test cricket? Um, do you want to play cricket, you know, test cricket for Australia? Um, now the the question is almost like, Peter, do you want to go play in the IPL? As if that's the pinnacle. And, and yeah, I think the reality is that that's, a, that's an amazing competition, isn't it? Um, it's almost like, well, it is the Premier League of cricket, really, uh, the English Premier League of cricket. Um, it's, yeah, it's a competition that... Um, that not many, not many people, especially overseas players, get an opportunity to play in, and uh, yeah, and, that, and that's something I'd love to love to be involved in. Um, of course, there's the 2020 World Cup that's coming up for Australia, but but um, uh, yeah, Adam Zamp is bowling pretty well at the minute, isn't he? <laughs> and Ashton Agar is bowling just as well behind him. So yeah, I don't, I don't know when the opportunities are going to sort of open up there, but um. Uh, yeah, as far as, you know, what sort of uh, um, a possibility for me, I, I hope, um, you know, I hope I can do really well in the Big Bash this season. And then and then some of those opportunities around the franchise competitions um, can open up for me. But, yeah, look, again, like I'm, I'm, I'm still keen on pursuing my red ball cricket. Um, I'm involved with South Australia here in the domestic competition in Australia and, um, and, I don't know. It's just it's just sort of a matter of I'm not not, not really looking too far ahead. I'm I'm just um, I'm just uh, yeah, just just hoping to have a good big bash season this year and um, and yeah, I'll weigh up my options um, after the season sort of concludes. But um, yeah, all all I'm focused on for now really is just just bowling as best I can in the uh, in the big bash and and uh, yeah, and doing well doing well there. I'll be honest. I think Jono was quite open. You again say North Staffs Cricket League for Big Len. There really was the was the pinnacle, wasn't it, Jono? I mean, he hasn't obviously been for a circuit with you, has he, John? It's uh, the pinnacle for anyone's career, and it's a good circuit around Big Len and Audley. It's only hundred yards of the circuit, but it's a good circuit. That I can tell you that. There's a lot of stops on that hundred yards. I can say that for sure. And there's a good curry house or two involved as well, which you can never complain about. Oh, uh, gee whiz. <laughs> You can tell why we all enjoy playing that. Uh, so going a little bit away from yourself, Peter, obviously there's been quite a lot of controversy in cricket in the last couple of weeks. Um, first of all, I'd be interested to hear sort of from an outsider, obviously someone who's not in England, what have you made of sort of the, the racism story that's been obviously going around first with Azim Rafiq and then it's moved on to quite a few other players and do you think it's solely an English cricket problem or do you think it's a problem that maybe stems across the game, across the world? Oh, actually, it's, it's something that's really difficult for me to comment on and I've probably not spent the amount of, uh, the, the right amount of time looking into the, the backstory and, and, and really uh, really looking in closely at the story to make any sort of real comment on it. But um, look, obviously, it's, uh, I, th- I think um, cricket, cricket is a sport for everyone and and uh and we should all strive to to do as much as we can to promote that idea and um and be as inclusive as we possibly can and yeah it's unfortunate that um that 
you know, Yorkshire and um, and whoever else is involved in, in the sort of racism stuff uh, couldn't quite, you know, uh, fulfil that ambition of cricket being a sport for all. But, um, yeah, we can always, you know, from we can always take learnings from our mistakes and whatever and um, and we can strive to do better in the future. And I hope that's uh, that happens as a result of, of all these, uh, yeah, all these... Uh, uh, we call them royal commissions here in Australia. I don't know what they're called in the UK, but you know, of all these, uh, of all these, yeah, controversies um, we'll <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so then, I guess the other controversy is one you're probably close to than us, really, is the obviously the whole Tim Payne story. What, what is the feeling in Australia? Because I'll be honest, as much as we've had, we'll be honest, we've had a bit of a laugh about the fact that sexting from about five or six years ago has, has had such a big part to play in a cricket team. Um, and the fact that his brother-in-law was also involved just really weirded it out a bit. But what is the feeling in Australia? Is it like, actually, yeah, he deserved to lose his job? Or is it a bit like what I think is the sort of the... The status quo in the UK is a bit like... It's a bit weird, really, losing your job over, over something that happened five years ago and was consensual. It seems a bit, a bit mad, really. Yeah, I oh, look. I mean, it's it, again. It's it's something that I'm not involved in, and, and it's it's really difficult for me to make any sort of um, comment on that. But yeah, look. I, I mean, I I, I um I, I empathize empathize with his family and um all the people that are close to Tim and and Tim as well, and the you know the woman involved on the other end, and it's just a it's just a yeah, it's a messy situation, and um. Yeah, again, I'm not really involved in it, so it's 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 so difficult for me to make comment. But yeah, look, it's just it's just a messy situation, and um, yeah, I just I uh, I'd, I'd hate for you know for that to uh, to be on my on my mind right now. That's for sure. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm glad you said that you were not involved in the sexting anyway, otherwise. That was that was something I want. I want to know what asked next. If you said you were involved, mate, I'll be totally honest. Uh, so, anything else you'd like to to ask today? No, I would just mention that obviously it's, it's unfortunate for pain, but it does give the opportunity for for somebody else to to take the gloves in an Ashes series, potentially make the Test debut in an Ashes series. Who who would you be tipping up, Peter, as the uh, the person that you would choose to don the gloves in the uh, in the Ashes series? Yeah, well, uh, Alex Carey made a hundred today in the um, in the domestic competition here in Australia, and um, yeah, it's it's out of him and Josh Inglis. They're both you know really good keepers, and Alex Carey, I remember in the um, in the um, the twenty nineteen World Cup in the UK, he he batted so well for Australia and kept so well for Australia. So yeah, he's he's someone who's uh, who's demonstrated his ability to perform at that level, and. Um, but on the other hand, Josh Inglis, another really quality player, who's um, who had a had a brilliant T20 blast in the UK. He's had a, a really really strong run of form in, in the domestic competition here in Australia, and um, and uh, yeah, he's he's he was obviously in the World Cup squad as well. So uh, it's so difficult to to pick you know to pick someone out of those two because they're they're really both great options, but. Yeah, I um, I, I don't envy being uh, yeah, I don't envy being a selector right now. That's for sure. Yeah, I think it was a bit of a um, 
I think with us that we had a bit of a laugh and a joke about it. And then we kind of realized that this is potentially going to make Australia stronger in the way that it is going to strengthen that batting depth. And it's kind of given us even less chance in the ashes. <laughs> yeah, five. Yeah, well, nil. yeah we've, we've all seen an underdog, uh, an underdog come through pretty well, as we did, you know, Australia in the T20 World Cup. So I wouldn't write England off just yet. But he still thinks five nil. That's that's what he really wants to say. <laughs> <laughs> Jono, I'm going to go. Um, being that we we can't leave an Australian versus English uh, podcast without going Ashes predictions, Pete. Yeah. Oh, again, so difficult. But but I I think um, I think. Yeah, you know, you know, it'll be interesting. I think the mix of Australian bowls will be really interesting. We've got um, Stark, Hazelwood, and Cummins, who've who've obviously gone around for Australia for such a long period of time. But you've also got Jai Richardson, who's who's bowling uh, bowling the house down at the minute, and um, and he's a really he's a real prospect for Australia. And um, yeah, a lot of people are expecting him to play to play a few a fair few Test matches for Australia this summer. Um, yeah, look, I, I think uh, it's always it's always difficult um, playing in foreign conditions, and um, and uh, I I, I, th- I I guess uh, you know um, James Anderson and, and Broad probably don't bring that pace that some of the Australian bowlers um, have, and and the, yeah, that's, that's probably a, a real key in bowling in Australia, isn't it? Having that raw pace and um, and being able to get the ball through because the ball probably doesn't do as much in the air and. And all that, so yeah, I think that'll be um, that'll be really interesting. I don't, to be honest with you, to be to be entirely honest, I mean, Mark Wood is he's he's injured at the minute. Is that right? He seems to have an injury perennially injured. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just imagine he will play at some point. We just don't know how many or when. That's <laughs> yeah, all, that's right, all you okay. need to think about Mark Wood. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mark Wood, Mark Wood. We're not sure. Joff Raj is out. And I think those two guys are a real keys for England, aren't they? So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know for that reason. I think um, it's probably going to be difficult for England to to get a series win against Australia. Um, yeah, and, and Smith and Lobshane and so many of the other batters who um who are yeah available to play here in Australia are, are really are, have been training out runs for a long period of time. Warner as well, obviously. So, yeah. I think uh, I think Australia will come away with the win. Right then, Peter. To finish off with last question, seeing as obviously you're a friend of the Great Cricketer Podcast and they love talking, let's be honest, more about the circuit and chopping than they do actual cricket. <laughs> Name us the three people you'd most like to, cricketers you'd most like to go out on a circuit with. Oh, it's, <laughs> I mean, when you talk about circuit and cricket. You are uh, you pretty quickly turn towards the West Indies, don't you? In the Caribbean, I think. Um, I think uh, Chris Gale. I mean, how, how can you not? How can you not want to circuit with him? He'd be one. Um, <laughs> this this next one might be a little bit controversial, but Alex Hales would be the second. I think I just. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, as for the third one, I reckon Stoin. Pretty, uh, yeah. it'd be interesting to see how Stoinis goes about his business on the circuit or Zampa as well. Those two are always, um, yeah, interesting points of interest, I guess. That'd be I a imagine, trio. I, I can imagine uh, a Zampa night out being a proper bizarre and wild night out that you enjoy, but you're not really sure why you enjoyed it. 
I don't know. I can just imagine it like ending in some kind of like shisha bar at four in the morning. Kind of <laughs> what a what place. I'm imagining. What a, a lot of loose, a lot of loose clothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with my selection there. Actually, that's. <laughs> Let's be honest, Galen Stoyan are definitely having an arm wrestle at three a.m. and walkabout <laughs> or somewhere over a beer. Actually, you know, you know, you know what? I take Stoyan out and I put Zampa in. I think yeah. Zampa, Gale, and and Hales, they'd be the <laughs> they'd be the they'd be the and Stoyan would be a close fourth. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, a big big thanks for joining us on obviously. By Sunday morning for us, a bit later for you. Obviously, the best to look with Big Bash. We'll be supporting the Scorchers, um, and hopefully the Scorch will be getting you back on in a couple of months' time to the Scorchers have won it, and you can tell us how good the circuit was with Mitch Marsh and, and the boys. Um, but a big thanks for joining us, Pete. And hopefully, at some point, you'll get them seven Big Bash games in, and we can sign you as a sub-pro for next season when Lalo isn't doing the business for us, John, anyway. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> sounds good, boys. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's been a pleasure as always, mate. Um, so, obviously, everyone listening, cheers for listening. Get donating to Cardiac Risk and the Young. Get checking out Woodstock. Um, we'll try and get older Benny at some point during this T10 league so he can join us. Um, but big thanks for listening. Big thanks again to Pete. Have a good rest of you. Well, have a good week coming up, and we'll see you again soon. Looking for a new cricket equipment partner for yourself or your club can sometimes be tricky with so many options to choose from. How do you make the right choice? When you want quality, value and service, there really is only one place to start. For more than a decade, Woodstock Cricket have been producing award-winning, high-performance cricket bats from their Shropshire workshop. Matched with their classy soft goods, luggage and accessories, Woodstock Cricket really do tick all the boxes. Get in touch with Woodstock Cricket and find out why many loyal clubs, players and international customers can't be wrong at info at woodstockcricket.co.uk. Down at Third Man, the cricket podcast, proudly supported by Woodstock Cricket. Yeah.